podcast. Message. What's going on, family? How you doing? How you doing? It's your favorite neighbor here, Jay Murray. And I'm just coming by and stopping by to tell you that you are listening to Happy Hood, the podcast where we connect, cultivate, and build. Happy Hood is a state of mind. We blessed up and highly favored. What's going on, family? How you doing? How you doing today? I hope all is well. Hope you're healthy. I hope you're safe. I hope that you are thriving in 21, in the year 2021. Oh, we got a great, great show for you today. As you know, we are talking about happy living. It's a state of mind. Season four, happy living is a state of mind. And this season, we're talking to some phenomenal individuals that I truly believe really encompass the values and the mission of happyhood. You know, happyhood, we are a purpose-driven lifestyle brand committed to the betterment of humanity. We believe in connecting with like-minded individuals, cultivating purpose, passion, ideas, and building relationships, networks, communities that are centered around health, honoring our mind, body, and soul, agape, demonstrating God's love to the world, power, continuous self-learning, and institute fostering a community-based economy. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Season four of Happy Other Podcast, we're talking about happy living. It's a state of mind. And as I said, happy family, we got a phenomenal guest that um, I have been known for for a while. You can call her a friend of the family. Um, But before we get into our phenomenal guest, you know what time it is. Message. It is meditation time. Inhale, meditate, exhale, meditate, rinse and repeat. So the happy thought for today. And and again, I hope you've been enjoying these happy thoughts because they're pretty much random thoughts, right? And 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 I wouldn't say too much of random thoughts because I'm not doing any particular quotes this time. Um, I'm really just kind of just thinking or just allowing um, myself to provide a thought that I had early today um, and just kind of just speak to it randomly. So this this thought uh, that I had was around purpose. And, and it's been on my mind for quite some time now. Uh, around purpose and passion and really just kind of differentiating between the two uh, purpose and passion. And I'm, I'm almost there to where I, I feel like I can write something down and have a complete thought. I don't know if you like like me sometimes as I'm meditating or or maybe even after I read um, the Bible, you know, there's things I'm kind of thinking about. And, I, and yet the thought of it or my my theory behind it may not be fully complete. And but I'm still, you know, kind of articulating it. And that's where I'm at with purpose. Right. So as I am thinking about purpose. Right. And again, Happy Hood, we're a purpose driven lifestyle brand. You know, purpose definitely been is, is used a lot is using our, our, our culture and our society. You know, you got to be you got to have purpose and, you know, you got to be purpose driven. And, you know, one thing I, I really try to do is just kind of make it practical, make different things or something that is simple or what may seem complex. How can we make it simple? How can we simplify it? And the thing I got around with purpose is purpose is driven by discovery. 
purpose is driven by discovery. And that's that was the whole thought that I was I was coming to is that purpose is driven by discovery. And what I mean by that is. I don't think <laughs> one day you will wake up and say, boom, I know what my purpose is. <laughs> I, I don't think it, it works like that. Right. I, I believe your purpose is driven by discovery. It's, it's driven by you going out and being very intentional um, about what you're doing. It's, you're, 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 you're having a, uh, uh, you're, you're in a moment of, of intentionality, you know, and you're discovering, you're searching, right? And you're from that discovery and the searching, you're developing that, that purpose. Now, one may say, well, hey, Murray, I hear what, what, what you're saying. So that means, hey, if I'm discovering something that may not be bad for me, uh, may be bad for me, right? That's very immoral. Well, that's when you got to really have some guardrails and some guiding principles, you know? And, and the way that I was thinking about is that, again, you think about the Bible, seek ye first, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, you know, and everything will be added to you and all things, all things will be added to you. So, again, that right there allows you to have some type of guardrails in how you're going to seek after this, how you're going to discover it. Right. Because even as you seek God and as you discover your relationship with God, based on the verse, again, things will be added to you. And some of those things are one of those things is your purpose, right? So purpose is driven by discovery. It's driven by trying different things, right? It's driven by, you know, doing this, doing that, learning something new. Um, I'm trying this out, right? And that's how I truly believe you will discover your purpose. So purpose is driven by discovery. So meditate on that. Inhale, meditate, exhale, meditate. All right. So on to our guest for today. Again, season four, we're talking about happy living. It's a state of mind. Talking to phenomenal individuals that really encompass the mission, the values of happyhood, health, agape power institute. And this individual I said before, I, I would definitely call her a friend of the family. Um, she knows a lot of individuals in my family, from my mom, from my brother. Um, and this, I mean, just a wonderful individual, a wonderful, wonderful individual that really, when I think about happyhood and I think about the values um, of health, and I think about agape demonstrating God's love to the world and really fostering this community-based economy when thinking about Institute, I believe this individual is doing it day in and day out. Um, she has over 25 years in nonprofit leadership, 15 years in entrepreneur. Um, she is also work as a chaplain, uh, also a spiritual companionship. Uh, and she just has a wonderful, wonderful spirit about her that is very welcoming. And I and, and kind of thinking about that is no surprise that her business has that type of welcoming type of uh, environment and ambiance. She is the owner of the Pauline Tea Bar Apothecary, uh, which is a herbal tea lounge that touches all of the senses with healing elements. And happy family, let me tell you, when I visit this for the first time, um, it has that, that uh, how can I put this, very relaxing uh, feel to it. 
very, very, very relaxing feel to it. So I can't wait for her to kind of provide more insight. What did the division come? And really just hopefully you, if you're in the Charlotte area or if you're thinking about visiting Charlotte, you have to come to Pauline's Tea Bar. Happy family. I want to give you give us a warm welcome or give a warm welcome to my friend, Miss Sherry Waters. <laughs> thank you. How you doing, Sherry? I am well. And thank you so much for such a gracious um, welcome and introduction. Yeah. Uh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, definitely, definitely. And, and, and again, I mean, this is just a very... I mean, 25 years in nonprofit leadership. I mean, I know there's a lot that could be said or could could be added to this, as well as 15 years as as an entrepreneur. But um, how you doing today? I am well. I am I am well today. Yeah, well. Good, 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 good. I can't wait to hear about. I mean, it just seems like yesterday that um, I came to your uh, to your shop. Uh, for the first time and it was it was very interesting my mom as I said before she she's definitely shares a friend of the family my mom was telling me yeah I, I went to um, Pauline's Tea I said you went to Pauline's Tea because I've been meaning to go over there because a, a good friend of mine was telling me about it it's like man you got to go to it it's very relaxed it has the um, this, this this type of like very relaxed ambiance to it man you will love it just to kind of unplug and come to find out that my mom knew the owner. <laughs> and um, I was like, I have to go. I have to go. I have to go. And as as I said before, if you're in the Charlotte area or if you think about visiting Charlotte, you have to come to Pauline's Tea Bar. It's definitely, definitely, you won't be disappointed. Thank you, Thank you won't so be disappointed. Much. So, Sherry, I, I guess, again, when I think about, again, 25 years uh, in public service, you know, as a, uh, a servant leader, I guess kind of, if you had to kind of put it maybe within the, mm. uh, uh <laughs> I know, right. 25 years, I'm pretty sure you can just like go on and on for, for, for <laughs> hours about it. But I guess just a glimpse of just talking a little bit about those 25 years of experiences, um, like just certain things that you did, certain things that you, you worked on, um, local here uh, in Charlotte, as well as maybe um, not so lo- local. But just tell us about your your experience in public service. Yes. Um, it's interesting that we're having this conversation because I just, I kid you not, just earlier today was talking to my son who's about to graduate from college. And All right. We're talking about purpose and um, w- working in, you know, he, he said something about my I, I don't know yet what my, what, where I'm going to land, but I'm just going to just jump out there and get started with this. So Mm -hmm. ask me about my, um, my career since I moved to Charlotte. So we got to talking about that and it was really the first time (laughs) in his 21 years that he's asked me that question. Wow. um, Wow. Talk really um, off the cuff about it since I just had this conversation with him. But I I came to Charlotte 30 years ago to do television news okay. and um, worked in that industry for two years before deciding that the ethics of news reporting just wasn't my cup of tea, mm-hmm. uh, if I could use that. Yeah. And that put me into you know, what can I use my writing gifts for? Mm-hmm. And 
I discovered that a lot of nonprofits are looking for, uh, at that time, were looking for people to tell their story, to, to do public relations work. So that was really my start is PR and marketing. Um, helping uh, various nonprofits that I got to serve with uh, tell their stories, share their mission, so that they could um, to capture donors and new volunteers and mm-hmm. engage people to come alongside the, the mission and services. Um, so I've had a, a really rich uh, um, wealth of um, experiences here with various nonprofits the YMCA mm-hmm. of Charlotte, which I now serve on the board for, um, you know, communities and schools, uh, supportive housing communities, various organizations where I got to help in that way. And um, after doing public relations and marketing, it, it moved into donor stewardship and fund development work. Mm-hmm. So the latter part of my career in the nonprofit world uh, and where I find myself now as a both as a consultant and as a board member of several nonprofits is in the fundraising um, stewardship side of, of the nonprofit work. Mm, able to get the funds. It's important. Yes. It's important. <laughs> it it's is. important. I, I am. I'm, I'm kind of curious to 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 know. Um, and the reason why I'm, I'm saying this, is because it is. <laughs> It's been on my mind about like leadership and which myself, I have been in leadership, you know, counting um, corporate setting as well as, you know, as I think about just my experiences in high schools and college, you know, definitely over um, 15 years of leadership. And I'm, I'm curious to know in your perspective, like what would you say one of the number one qualities of a leader? Mm. Uh, it goes back to your intro today. Mm-hmm. Uh, the passion. Yeah. Um, if you're going to lead an organization and you're going to help um, separate others in, in, in that organization, mm-hmm. you really have to be passionate about the work, about the mission. Mm-hmm. Um, it has to be something more than a transactional this is my job. It has to be a vocational calling. Yeah. Um, so you said it, it, it's the passion. And I believe that um, passion, sometimes you don't know what your purpose is until you've got the passion yes. for, some, for some issue, yes. social justice or whatever it is. Yes. If you've got the passion behind it, the purpose follows it. Yes, 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 yes. I I, I think about that um, as I, and, and I don't know why I've been having that, that thought of just really trying to, you know, differentiate passion and purpose, you know, because mm-hmm. I think, you know, they both words are, are, are very loose terms and, and, you know, we see it in a lot, you know, whether it's purpose driven, you know, books or, you know, find your passion, um, but mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, sometimes we miss the, the the practical steps, you know, and and understand that we're doing this every day uh, or mm-hmm. you may be um, going towards your passion or going towards your purpose every day and not realizing it. Right. 
of yeah. uh, understand like what's gets you like what's your joy you know what what are you, what gets you going right and that right there could be some indication of what you may be passionate for right and as mm-hmm. you go after that passion you begin to discover your purpose right you begin to be very purposeful in that direction so good yeah. so good there i um as you were speaking um another thought came came to to my mind and and that's just really um as you think about in in leadership and now i guess this transformation right when you think about charlotte um mm-hmm. and just how it has transformed <laughs> i mean you can say it has transformed within the five years <laughs> to oh, yeah. it, you know like we are in this rapid uh, uh of, of of a growth right and we've been in this rapid growth um for quite some time now where i mean it's just we're becoming larger and larger and where it has definitely created what i would say these unintentional um ramifications you know whether it's homeless um you know and what you know and that can be youth you know individuals uh older you know individuals as well as just the cost of living um, that has has went up so so much. I'm wondering, just through your transformation or working in public services, what have you seen as one of the biggest changes? You know, in a, 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 a area like like Charlotte over those last again over those 25 years, what do you what do you what would you say would be in some of the biggest changes? Well, that's a that is a um, a big question. Yeah, and I, I I'll start with where I've seen consistency mm-hmm. um, or, or, you know, sustainable kind of growth is is in the philanthropic area. Mm-hmm. Um, when I moved here 30 years ago, I saw a very giving, nurturing community of individuals wanting to put the time and the money and the support toward different issues. And mm-hmm. that has continued uh, over the years, so that that I believe we're blessed with here in this in this city is that we have a lot of generous people that really want to be a part of problem solving. Mm. Where I've seen change is, because um, wow, I, I think that the funding models of the way. You know, we used to fundraise mm-hmm. uh, has changed um, a lot to more of a fundraising model. So the 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 models of you know inviting people to a big gathering, a big lunch, and asking for money, and doing the whole kind of dog and pony show mm-hmm. uh, mission statement kind of thing, and raising a lot of money that what used to happen and occur and what I am seeing changing is giving uh, a growth toward giving circles where people are coming together collectively and getting more heavily involved in the grassroots level and Mm -hmm. solving, making, um, making change, uh, solving problems and being more, let me raise up, um, roll up my sleeves and get involved in this and more, even more than just the giving in the dollar. I want to be involved. Yeah. So I think that has been something that has changed and will continue to grow as we see the opportunities for giving to um, expand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, you mentioned something about the practical side and 
um, it it reminded me why I went back to school mm-hmm. um, um, in 2013 to get a master's in practical theology oh. because I always saw, even in my fundraising and in the donors um, that I would, I had the opportunity to work with. They there was a a, a faith uh, faith side to why they were getting involved in the organizations and why they were giving. So the practical theology is uh, gave me an opportunity to kind of dive deeper in what does faith look like? Mm-hmm. How do we exercise faith outside of the walls of our faith communities? How do we mm-hmm. do that in the marketplace? Mm. And 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 again, as you as you say that, I definitely see the connection with Pauline's tea of um, you having a, a prayer room there, um, yeah. a meditation room. So I can definitely see the connection there. Um, I, I'm, I'm kind of curious to as we talk about passion and purpose, you know, uh, was I guess was the money side of the <laughs> of nonprofit? Was that always what you was that something that you discover as your passion or was mm-hmm. it, was it something that you just, you know, was kind of interested in, but I don't know if I want to go over there. I really want, want this, but yet God was pushing you over in that, right. in that, that direction. <laughs> I, uh, that's why I think passion purpose follows passion. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, I, at least in my life, it's happened that way. Yeah. The, the passion has always been for stories, interesting stories and telling being just fascinated by people yeah. and how they were stewarding their life, mm-hmm. how they were using their own situations and te- personal life testimonies to connect and build with, uh, build up someone else. And mm-hmm. so in the writing of these stories and the telling of these stories, and, um, what started, I remember in, from the journalism side, um, I found that if, if you're able to tell a good story, if you're able to share it in a way that is compelling and mm-hmm. that pulls the heartstrings of others, yeah. the money comes. <laughs> so that's when I discovered one of my purposes is to help raise money um, so that the organizations that are doing this good work, the ministries that are, 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 tackling some of these issues can, can, uh, can grow and expand. Mm-hmm. So my passion was the, the storytelling side. And then the purpose, uh, came from, came out of that. Does that, does that answer? Yes, what, what yes, you? yes. That, that, that answer, because, you know, it, it was something that to, to your point, um, it is, you know, around your, your passion for it or what you learn in, um, in, uh, as a journal, uh, a journalist, and then moving into the nonprofit world and to your point of discovering around storytelling, you know, um, in which seeing the connection, as, as you mentioned, kind of pulling the, the heartstrings of in, mm-hmm. individuals really, um, you know, discovering a passion, a purpose around that, definitely continue to, to drive you. And I'm, I'm curious if we, if we talk about now moving into your entrepreneur um, uh, aspirations and, and Pauline's tea, what I'm, I'm curious to know, 
based on what you're saying about the storytelling and able to bring that out, I'm curious to, to know what story are you telling through Pauline's um, T-Bar? Oh, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> so the Pauline T-Bar Apothecary is a kind of um, a subsidiary of INHLLC, mm-hmm. which I launched, um, uh, my husband and I launched in 2018. Yeah. And INA gives people, it helps people go inward so that they can live their lives outward. Yeah. And um, so I do that through the coaching and the uh, consulting work that we do, um, Mm -hmm. organizations and individuals. But I, um, as a part of the, the, the graduate school, um, experience, I had to do a chaplain residency at the hospital and, or or an internship, which then, then turned into a residency, a one year, Mm -hmm. one residency. I fell in love with, walking alongside people in their hurts and in Mm. their healing Mm. and discovering that what best helped people in the healing was having a restorative environment, one that was um, helpful in, instead of the clinical setting, bringing in the aromatherapy, bringing in prayer, bringing in music, uh, doing things that was nurturing, not, a nurturing to their spirit as yeah. well as their, and so I um, wanted to have a space like that for our community mm-hmm. that would be a respite just for anybody, not yeah. only for people that are sick, but people that think are that are healthy that are looking for a place to slow down. Yeah, and um, I the name Pauline came from my grandmother and I should say my grandmother's both my grandmother Pauline and my grandmother Lena mm-hmm. both embodied gracious hospitality they opened mm. up their living rooms and their front porches to the community and that's where we found connection and yeah. and, and you know I remember just the fellowship that we experienced sitting in sitting on those porches and sitting in mm-hmm. their living rooms and having tea uh, served and having conversation around that. So that's um, that's the sort of the story of how <laughs> Pauline T. Bar apothecary came. The apothecary part comes from, you know, when you think of apothecary as medicine, medicinal, medicine. Mm-hmm. and the medicine that you get when you walk in is just what you already said. The the aromatherapy that hits you in the nostrils mm-hmm. when you walk in and smell it. And the essential oils, it's the music, the calming music. It's walking into the meditation room and having some solace. All mm-hmm. of that is medicinal to your soul. Yes. So that's um, that's where all of that came from. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I I like how you describe it because I think it was very you hit it around the nail, like front porch. And um mm-hmm. happy family. The reason why I say it is because Everyone can can remember. I mean, either going to your grandmother's house or your aunt's house, um, or whatever, whoever's house. And you know, especially if you're in the south, <laughs> you know, or maybe even not. You know, if you are in up north, you know, that front porch type of uh, ambiance or vibe that you get where people are just conversing. You just kind of you're not sitting in front of no TV. 
you know, yeah. there's no tablets, there's nothing but just connection, you know, mm-hmm. and, and just kind of taking in um, the either the weather or just kind of taking nature in. Right. And I think that's a, a wonderful description of Pauline's tea is that it is it has this front porch type of ambiance that just draw you into where it's it's very nostalgic you know it is very nostalgic and it's very relaxing and and restoring and i i guess like what and and kind of hearing your your backstory of uh, working as a chaplain and being with someone through the hurt and the healing Mm -hmm. i mean i it's like it is it is going from one extreme to the other, right? And I'm and, and a stream may, may may not be the right word to describe it, but to to have someone to be with someone where they're going through a very painful time, and then to kind of somewhat help guide them to this healing process. Um mm. like I'm curious to, to know like like A, I'm I'm like was it any challenging times that you had of right like really doing that like did because i will only i guess myself kind of question like oh my how i'm gonna make this person feel better you know and i know you had the education to kind of get you through to to apply but was there Mm -hmm. anything that you you at times where you felt this is very challenging wow yeah um i remember my first day serving as a chaplain um, at the university hospital. Um, And this was a part of my internship. So I wasn't even in the full-blown residency (laughs) at this time. Uh But my first on-call beeping, it had a beeper at that time. My first on-call was um, into the the birthing unit. Mm. A mom had just lost, just gave birth. Um, to twins and they died. I mean, they, they, um, they didn't make it. And that was really, really hard. Yeah. Really hard Uh, as a mom. Mm -hmm. Um, and as someone who, um, is, was new to just (laughs) this experience, it, Mm -hmm. it was, it, it, I will say, no education, no training yeah, and preparing exactly. you for that. Um, but going back to that passion, mm-hmm. my passion is for people yeah. and um, really embracing empathy mm-hmm. and being able to put myself in their shoes. That's wow. what empathy does. Yeah. And when you can do that, when you can put yourself in someone else's shoes and walk alongside them where they are, sometimes in silence, sometimes yeah. crying yeah. with them, holding their hand, just being a comfort is what is most needed. Mm-hmm. And God provides right there in those moments. Yeah. Um, and so, I, you know, it, it, I, I'm not going to say it wasn't challenging. It yeah. was very challenging. And it was one of the most tender and special um, points of my career yeah. that I can talk about is, is, is doing the chaplain residency at the hospital because I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about resiliency of mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. and um, resistance. And, and 
I was just talking about this earlier to a group. Um, those people that resisted the healing of the hospital or what the medical team or the chaplains were trying to provide and offer, mm-hmm. the ones that fought against that, um, and we call those non-compliant uh, patients, <laughs> it, they, they were in pain more often, and their dying yeah. was, was, was hard. Yeah. Um, but being with people that, and walking alongside people that were in a posture of surrender mm. or a posture of, I'm, I'm, I can do this. With, yeah. I, I know that I'm helpless. I know that I'm vulnerable. But I need you. I need help. And Mm -hmm. I'm willing to do what's necessary. Or or those with strong faith, you know, Mm -hmm. it was it was just amazing to see to see that. And I I I enjoyed it. And um, I didn't stay in the clinical setting. I decided to go back into the community with the chaplaincy um, Mm -hmm services and so that's what I get to provide there at the Pauline T bar uh, as a community chaplain to people that are looking once they discover when they get there that it's a little bit more than a T bar. Yeah, yes it is uh, people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's that's what I can uh they become clients uh, mm-hmm. or you know they become people that um that I get to see more often. Yeah. Um and um in fact, uh, one of my patrons, my dear patrons that was coming uh, regularly, um, came to me at the beginning of last year, right before COVID, mm-hmm. and asked me if I've uh, ever had an opportunity, if I if I do eulogies, if I do mm-hmm. um, officiate services, mm-hmm. memorial services. And I said, I, I do. I've had to do that for uh, patients in the hospital that didn't have pastors or yeah. Um, didn't have a church home and she said well good because I want you to do mine I'm dying and um, have stage four cancer and I want you to do my my funeral and I want to do it here at the t-bar wow and, um, so I am actually doing that in a in a few weeks um, we we're having her she passed away a few a few weeks ago so I've been meeting with her son and feel very honored to be able to offer that um, that space for her friends and family um, to a place that she found comforting um, yes. during her time. Yes. Um, so yeah, it's definitely, I, I've, I am, I am living in my passion wow. and I know that I was caught to this. Yeah. That's wow. That is so wonderful. That, that is so, so wonderful. Um, and, that, and and to to your point, I don't know if you need to add this to, to a tagline like Pauline T is is so much more than a tea bar. I mean, <laughs> it is a restoration place. Um, it is a rest place. I mean, it, it is truly a place that really rejuvenates you. Um, and and just kind of hearing you kind of speak um, as you had those moments as a chaplain working in the um, at the hospital. And, you know, being there for uh, the individual, as you said, that lost her twins and confident her and listening and and not saying anything. Because one thing I was mentioning, like, what do you say at that time? And happy family reason why I'm, I'm saying is because I don't know, maybe it's because I'm turning 40 this year. And, you know, you 
continue to reflect <laughs> and take inventory um, of your life and things come right back to you. Things that you learn at a younger age, you now get a deeper understanding of, right? And one thing that I am starting to get an understanding, a new perspective, right, is around listening. Don't mm. say don't don't say anything, but just listen, you know, and, 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 and what I'm hearing from you, the things that really helps you in that moment is sometimes it's just the presence like you being in the moment with them. Right. Yeah. And, and, and sometimes listening may not necessarily be that you're verbally taking in something and co comprehending is pretty much like you listen for like the body languages, you know, mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're kind of, um, you know, taking notes on, on the posture, you know, where you actively engage, actively in being present. And I say that happy family because, you know, raising an 11 year old daughter um, and, and a five year old son you know, probably more on my daughter's side where I am, I am having to listen more and don't say anything, you know, don't, don't be quick to say something, but to listen to them as well as my wife, you know, to listen to, to her, um, as, as well. So just again, hearing you say that, um, and I, I have it on my, my wall as a, as a sticky note, um, is, is to listen before speaking, um, and hearing you do it, um, or was able to demonstrate that, you know, to, to be present, um, in that moment with that person. Um, sometimes again, you don't have to verbally say anything. Um, and yeah. I, I, I think that's again, the really beautiful thing about Pauline's tea bar, happy family that it, it, it really wraps. It's, it's a soothing place that really kind of wraps his arm around you, you know? Mm. Um, and where again, you know, Sherry, she doesn't necessarily uh, have to say anything or, you know, kind of guide, but it's the, it's the atmosphere, you know, uh, in which she, she won't even say anything. She will just allow you to enjoy the atmosphere. And sometimes it's quiet or sometimes you have a conversation there uh, with others, but, you know, again, allows you to restore your, yourself, um, Sherry, I'm, I'm interested to, to know our, as you kind of think about and, and really seeing how this, this business has provided so much to people where you can't even explain it. I mean, that, I mean, to do a eulogy for a, a patron and to ask them to do it and have it there. I mean, this is so much more than a tea bar. Um, mm -hmm. Like what do you like? I'm 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 kind of interested to know for those that's listen to this. What do you say for those that? And again, I'm I'm pretty sure there there were times where you may have felt, "Am I'm doing this right?" You know, mm -hmm. or what? Like what is Pauline's Tea Bar? Yeah, I sell tea and and I do all these other things and. You know, I wasn't expecting this result or I may be trying to drive for this result, but something else happened. Like, what do you tell those individuals that really just have to be patient to allow the vision to continue to play play out? You know, and maybe that's yeah. a question like a rhetorical type of question. But like, what do you say those individuals around patience and about allowing your vision to to play out? Yeah, um 
it, it, that's it. Yeah. You, you have to be patient. You, you have to be patient. You've got to trust the process. Mm-hmm. Um, and stay true to the original intent mm-hmm. or mission statement or purpose because there's going to be a lot of people um, that offer just well-meaning advice yeah. and, um, or say to you what they think it, it, it can be or how to grow and, yeah. and, and what you need to do. And, and that, that's good. Be discerning about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if it doesn't reflect what your intent was, mm-hmm. not to say that your intent and your original purpose can't grow or expand. Yes. yes. But yes. if it's too far left or too far right from what you want it, it probably isn't what you need to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so always, re- always reassessing and evaluating uh, your program and services and, and just your products or whatever it is that you're, you're doing is, is important. Um, and, and, listening, listening mm. most importantly to your customers. And I listen mm. n- not only to what they say, but how they react. Mm. And I still see people walk in and stop after they walk in and excel. Like they, ex- they, I visibly see them excel like, oh, I needed this. Yes. And these are people <laughs> yes. that first time that yes. I know that doing something right that I'm following spirits um call mm-hmm. to do something right yes um and so that I, I would say trust the process and trust mm-hmm. and, and trust what you originally what what was gifted to you in your mm-hmm. heart mm-hmm. yeah thank you so <laughs> Sherry where um again this is in Charlotte North Carolina but like, can you provide like hours uh, for your business um, location? And are there any upcoming events? Um, I know we're still, I guess, in the ending and the beginning of <laughs> of this uh, pandemic. But anything that's upcoming that you want to share um, with the Happy Family? Yeah, uh, thank you for allowing me to do that. Um, we're located in the historic Camp Green neighborhood um, near Moorhead and Wilkinson. We're right, uh, our address is 2326 Artie Avenue. And uh, we're right, there's two streets that parallel uh, Artie Avenue, and that's uh, Berry Hill and Moorhead. So if you can get to any of those streets um, as you're um, going toward Wilkinson Boulevard, that's where we are. Um, our hours are 10 to 5, Tuesday through Friday. And we're open one to four on Saturdays. Upcoming events every first Friday of the month. And we have not stopped doing this. Um, even during COVID, we were offering this um, with a small group there, mm-hmm. gathering there and online in um, uh, Facebook living our live first Friday live music open mic poetry. Oh, so wow. that's every first Friday of the month. So we've got one coming up in a few weeks. Um, I think it's like the it's the first Friday in April. It's the Friday before Easter. Okay, April second. Um, yes, yes, we'll have uh, a live musician. Still confirming that, confirming that up. But we will have someone there, and um, 
We provide mocktails, herbal tea mocktails at those events. And mm-hmm. um, it's a real chill event. It's usually jazz or acoustic or folk or, you know, something real chill, lo-fi. Um, and then we also um, uh, offer local artists, local yes, artwork yes. Um, on our, in our gallery. So we change that up every quarter, every three to four months. We have new artists work uh, featured in there. So um, the best way to find out what we're doing is we're on Facebook and Instagram mm-hmm. and we're always posting our events and things. And your, your um, handle on um, Instagram? The Pauline T-Bar. All right. All right. Oh, I want to thank you so much, Sherry, for uh, coming by the neighborhood <laughs> and just providing your passion and your purpose. Uh, you are truly making an impact in the community truly truly making an impact in the community happy family again you're listening to happy hood the podcast where we connect cultivate and build a meaningful community that is centered around health agape power institute happy family i'm your boy your neighbor jay murray and remember love god love yourself love your neighbor